Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or a very good day to you when and wherever you're listening from. And a very warm welcome to the show. I'm your host, Simon Laurie King. Coming up on today's show, my guest is a former professional footballer, television sports presenter, is now a successful and very accomplished author of over 20 books. Around the world, he packs any venue when public speaking. His online blogs and videos or other appearances are eagerly watched by thousands. For over 20 years, this man has worked tirelessly in the name of truth and exposing the darkness that threatens to now encompass us all. My guest today really marked a milestone in this podcast's history, as far as I'm concerned, and for this opportunity, I am truly grateful. His thoughts on current world events and those in the past which have led us here will not perhaps sit well with everyone listening, but I believe it important, nay, imperative, to have a discussion on, as I see it, the theft of freedom and the subsequent murder of happier times. In the 90s, when my guest was beginning his own very difficult journey, life for me anyway was much simpler. No mobile phone addiction for one, and conspiracies were just that. Fast forward or slowly trudge to the here and now, I find myself in an upside down world where common sense has truly been deposed. Not only does it feel like the lunatics run the asylum, they are now building an extension. I certainly have questions and my guest today I'm sure will be able to answer at least some of them, I'm hoping. So without further delay, it's my absolute pleasure to welcome David Icke to the show. Thanks, mate. Let's get the ball rolling on this one. Your name and written work is very well known around the world. Therefore, I'm not going to ask you to tell us about yourself, as your time here today is limited by your very busy schedule and the incredible amount of work that you do. In 1991, whilst being interviewed on the television by the late Terry Wogan, people were, in my opinion, prompted to laugh and ridicule you merely for speaking your truth. In the late 90s and into the early 2000s, having by then become a very popular and successful public speaker and author, there were still those who laughed at your critique of the world and its hierarchy. But here we are in 2022, and the world, in my opinion, is now the subject of a hostile and nefarious takeover bid. David, there is nobody laughing now. I also think you, amongst anyone in our current history, can say, I told you so. I'm sure, though, there will be no joy or satisfaction in that for you. My question, therefore, what the hell is going on in this time we call our lives? And is it too late for humanity to pull back from this path of dark insanity that we find ourselves being dragged along? Well, you know, the most frustrating thing about what I do is that the answer to what you describe is so simple. What's not simple is people doing it. Whenever you have a situation where a relative handful of people, and it is a relative handful, are dictating and transforming the lives and the society of nearly 8 billion, then the answer is always staring you in the face. And that is that the 8 billion stop cooperating with the few. And if you look through human history, it's an endless story of the few controlling the many because the many give their power away in the form of acquiescence to the few. And 
So um, at no point, well, at no point until artificial intelligence completely takes over, which is the plan, um, is it impossible to turn this around? What makes it uh, potentially impossible is humanity's um, refusal to turn it around by refusing to cooperate with authority. And so if you look at the uh, COVID era, you see the classic foundations of what I'm describing. You had um, people accepting what authority told them in the early months in the spring of 2020. And as a result of believing it without checking it or questioning it, they went under house arrest, meekly, mildly, and set in motion a series of societal transformations, uh, not least economic, um, that uh, the whole COVID hoax, because that's what it was, was, um, was designed to do. Um, what has happened, uh, encouragingly, is that as the COVID story has got more and more obviously um, uh, to be um, dismissed because of the lies, perpetuating lies upon lies upon lies, uh, and nothing that we were told, including about the fake vaccine, has turned out to be true. In fact, the very inversion of the truth. Uh, more and more people are beginning to say, well, hold on a minute. If I'm being lied to about this, what am I else be being lied about and lied to about? Well, the answer to that is almost everything, virtually everything, if not everything in terms of authority. Uh, and so the... Uh, the answer remains the same. We stop cooperating with our own enslavement. We stop doing what authority tells us just because authority tells us. And we stop um, being intimidated into silence and acquiescence by fellow humans who have chosen to buy what they're told and have become foot soldiers and imposers of authority upon the rest of the population that doesn't want to acquiesce. This is why if you question why um, we should have a fake vaccine that doesn't fit the criteria of uh, and uh, definition of a vaccine, when it has had no trials worth the name, and when, when you question that, well, maybe we shouldn't be doing it, um, you are demonized by those who are little more than software programs uh, with authority um, tapping the keys and pressing enter. Uh, so, you know, we, we are facing a situation uh, now, which is something I predicted through the, de uh, the decades. And, and how could I do that? I mean, did I pull it out of the ether? No. Um, did I make it up? No. And just got lucky? No. What, what I, the reason I was able to do it is that there's a plan and it's a plan for humanity and the transformation of human society that goes back hundreds of years and if you go deep enough into it even thousands um, and we're now looking at the end game of total human control with the introduction of ai and the uh, now openly um, promoted agenda to connect ai artificial intelligence to the human brain so that artificial intelligence becomes the human mind uh, and that will then be the end game because uh, 
what has happened up to this point, because the foundation of mass human control by the few has to be, by definition, the control of the perceptions of the masses. Because the idea is to get people to accept things and to behave in ways that suit the agenda so the agenda can play out. And to do that, you have to control the perceptions of the population because from our perceptions comes behavior. We behave as we do because we perceive as we do. So what we've had up to this point is the um, attempted control of perception leading to the control of behavior. And where does perception come from? It comes from the information we receive to form those perceptions. Thus, the idea has been and the goal has been to control what people see and hear from which they form those perceptions which dictate their behavior. And so through the years, we have seen more and more uh, control. For, for a long time, that control was through religion where religion dictated what people must think and believe, perceive. And there were consequences, including burning at the stake at one point, of not doing that. And then there was a breakout um, of more freedom. People started to reject religion. And uh, there was a period where um, there wasn't freedom, but there was more freedom. And now this uh, end game is kicking in to, um, to delete that. So. The reason you're seeing this hysterical level of uh, censorship, even the mildest questioning now of the official story is censored. And we've got an online safety bill coming uh, through the uh, British Parliament at the moment um, to uh, absolutely delete uh, much of what's left of the ability to communicate um, with, uh, with, with people outside the parameters of authority. Um, the reason we have this uh, hysterical uh, censorship is to control what people see and hear to dictate their perception and thus their behavior. Because when you're trying to um, program someone's perception, it's not just what you put before the people uh, from your point of view, you also um, have to delete other points of view, other evidence, other information, other ways of looking at a situation or the world. Because what you're doing is you're saying to people, that's what people like me do, hey, this is what they're telling you, but there's another way of looking at this. And if you look at it this way, it explains a lot of the things that are not explained by the official version. And so they're looking at this and they think, OK, um, we've not got everything we wanted from the COVID uh, playing of the cards because of this alternative bloody media that's, that's, that's exposing what we're doing. So what we've got to do is we've got to delete that. And that's what this online safety bill is all about. And there's something very similar is going through the parliament in Canada and through Australia and around the world for this very same reason. So up to this point, they've had to seek to control perception by controlling information received. The big end game play goes beyond that. And that's to connect artificial intelligence to uh, the human brain. 
and therefore artificial intelligence becomes human perception. No need to manipulate it anymore. It's coming direct. And that's the real end game of what's going on. And so you have people like Ray Kurzweil, the so-called futurist uh, uh, Google executive. You have people like Klaus Schwab at the um, fascist World um, Economic Forum who are openly talking about this. Now. They're openly saying this is what's going to happen. Um, so what we've reached uh, is the point where they're ceasing to hide what they, what they want because you can only hide uh, what you want for a certain amount of time. You can do it for a very long time, as we've seen. You can operate under the radar. But there comes a point where you have to break the surface, where people can see the changes that you're making very clearly. And that's where we are now. So you have to move from hiding what you want to promoting and selling and sales pitching what you want, which is where we are now, where they're openly talking about the things that I wrote about and was dismissed for writing about um, over the decades. Do you think that not only to break the human spirit, that maybe it would be possible to capture the human soul? Though it seems a bit of a far-fetched question, but if we can somehow control the masses and put them into almost a matrix-type way, do you think we could capture the consciousness no, we well, shouldn't be surprised because, I mean, in many ways, they've already done it. Um, I, I've got a book. It's just come off the printers, actually. Um, it's called The Trap. And in part, I go into this whole area you're talking about in some detail. Because, you know, to understand the world that we see, we have to have some understanding of the world that we don't see. Um, one of the great ways that perception has been manipulated um and you know if, if you don't if you don't want people to know something then you don't you either censor it directly if someone else is trying to say it or you make sure that through your systems of communication i.e the education system and the media what you don't want people to hear simply is not discussed um and so uh this whole life after death um, story is um, hardly ever talked about. I mean, you would think, uh, well, I would think that one of the things that should be at the focus of people's attention and interest is who are we? Where are we? What is this place? Uh, what is life? Where, what happens after death? I mean, this should be surely at the forefront. You would think so. But it's hardly ever discussed by comparison with um, uh, what do you think about Manchester United and who they're going to sign? And, 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 and what about the, the game show and Simon Cole's latest crap? Uh, Simon Cowell's latest crap, uh, rather. Um, uh, so this whole um, area of life after death um, is... Um, it should be at the center of our inquiry, but it's not. And of course, mainstream science has been set up through funding and um, the various elements of, that control science simply not to discuss it. You know, you, you talk to a, um, a scientist. Well, they're not scientists. Scientists are 
open-minded seekers of, of, of truth and knowledge. They don't uh, say, well, I'm not going there because it doesn't suit my belief system. That's not a scientist at all. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a man imprisoned in, in by his own um, uh, lack of interest in what's really happening because it doesn't suit him. So um, if you're a scientist and you go into these deeper areas uh, outside the parameters of what mainstream science says reality is, then you soon lose your funding and lose your credibility among your peers who are also uh, software programs parroting the same nonsense. Uh, but from my point of view, I want to know who we are and where we are and what happens after death. And what I've been doing is uh, for this book, The Trap, um, is to, to start to look about uh, this question. Uh, what happens when the body dies? What is the body? What is this place that we, we call um, the human world? And what I've uh, concluded from the evidence that I've seen and the experiences that I've had over the last 32 years now is that Actually, we live in a simulation. This, sim this world we think is so natural is actually a simulation. It's a, it's a virtual reality simulation. And when I first said that just after the millennium, of course, it was, it was dismissed as ridiculous. And at that time, there was only one other person that I, that I could see publicly um, who was um, talking about the fact that we could live in a simulation. And that was an, a guy called Nick Bostrom at um, Oxford University. But he saw it in a different way to me. But at least he, he was looking at the fact that maybe this is not as real as we think it is. And uh, what has happened since I started talking and writing about that and, uh, just after the millennium is that more and more mainstream science as, as scientists have come out and said, well, actually, it does look like we do live in a simulation. And when people look into it, I mean, really open-mindedly scientifically, I mean, the evidence is increasingly overwhelming that that's the case. All these great mysteries of life and reality actually start um, dissolving once you grasp the fact that this is a simulation. So I've been writing about this for a long time. Um, but in the trap, I, I go even further because I'm looking at, OK, well, um, if you live in a, if we live in a simulation, okay, and it's a, a, a simulation designed specifically to entrap our sense of identity and our sense of reality, thus we are um, playing in a game we don't even understand. Therefore, we are helpless in that sense. Not only that, but the question is, okay, so. You leave the body, all right? Your consciousness leaves the body. Well, why the bloody hell does it come back into something that is a trap? And, you know, I've looked at reincarnation, um, and I think it's real, but I think it's a trap. Uh, because what, what, what I'm being asked to believe as I read about reincarnation is that um, we, we live on a, a, a planet. If you take the projected size of the universe by mainstream science, not that that you know, is anything like the, the reality, but let's just take that on board, that the, the, the size of the universe as they perceive it. 
By comparison, planet Earth is the equivalent of a billionth of a pinhead. So I'm being asked to believe that consciousness leaves the body, um, uh, but has to keep coming back to learn lessons so that it can reach a state of enlightenment where it doesn't have to reincarnate through the cycle anymore. Right? And uh, with all the infinity of possibility and potential, all those lights you see in what we perceive as the night sky, no, no, you can't explore that. You have to keep incarnating on a planet equivalent of the billionth of a pinhead. Um, it, it makes absolutely no sense to me. It's just ridiculous in my view. But then, hold on, I do um, accept um, that there is uh, the phenomena of reincarnation is real. So what the hell is it really? And what I kind of perceived as I'm as I'm researching and writing this book, The Trap, is that actually this simulation is not just on the, the level of the, you know, the five senses. This simulation, um, there are other levels of this simulation. Um, and this is where consciousness, what is perceived as the soul, uh, actually goes after leaving the body. If, if it still remains in a perceptual um, state of deceit, which impacts upon its vibrational state, its frequency state. This is the, this is the point. Um, every time we think, every time we feel and, and, and have an emotion, we are generating and vibrating at the frequency uh, represented by that thought, that emotion, whatever. So hate has a low vibrational state. Love has a vastly high vibrational state. Depression, low vibrational state. Joy, high vibrational state. Um, and so when um, you leave the body, you, that, that, that process doesn't end. You are still vibrating uh, to the frequency of your perceptions. What we call perceptions are basically an energetic field that are the sum total of, of, of us, our attitudes, our thoughts, our beliefs, our, um, our ways of seeing self in the world. So when consciousness leaves the body, if you're still in a vibrational state that's operating within the walls of this simulation, uh, the other levels of the simulation, the non-physical levels, if you like, then you're not going to escape from it. And, you know, you look at religions and you look at things like the um, esoteric concept of the ring past not, as they call it. Um, and they they come together to talk about a a a field, a field, a frequency field, which you cannot get through unless you are in a certainly a high vibrational state. So it's a trap. And so when you look at reincarnation, the official reincarnation, the, the Eastern reincarnation, what they're talking about is you have to keep reincarnating to learn lessons, to reach a state of enlightenment frequency that allows you to escape from the cycle of reincarnation. Well, that is actually what I'm saying. But what I, I'm, what I, I'm saying beyond that is that that's not 
to make you enlightened. That's to keep you entrapped. And if you um, reach the, uh, 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 an expansion of awareness of consciousness, uh, so that when you leave the body, uh, you are in this state of awareness frequency that can just leave this simulation, then you leave it. But if you don't, you go into the recycling um, cycle, the feedback loop, where consciousness goes out of the body into other levels of the simulation and then comes back in. And uh, I've written um, in the trap of, uh, of uh, the experiences that people have described when they've been put under deep hypnosis and they've been taken to the between worlds, uh, the between life state, the between human life state. And what they describe in compelling, um, excuse me, um, common themes is actually another level of the trap where they're not free. <laughs> it's just another level of, um, of the deceit. Uh, and for me, the soul is not even what we are. It's, it's that part of us that is entrapped within the, the, the simulation, the matrix in its different levels. What we truly are, I use the term spirit. We just are. That we have no form. We have no um, individuality in the sense of um, uh, the human personality. But what we are is an expression of all possibility, all potential. We are all that is, has been, and ever can be that can manifest anything we choose and in any way we choose. Uh, that's, the, that's the level um, beyond, beyond the simulation, all levels of the simulation, that this conspiracy wants to ensure that we do not connect with and certainly do not identify with, because this is the key point. What we identify with dictates our perception, our self-identity, and thus dictates our frequency. So you can self-identify with being Ethel on the checkout, and that's all you are, and you will then start vibrating to the the frequency that represents the self-identity of I'm just Ethel on the checkout. You can then uh, um, identify with being a soul in the reincarnation cycle. Um, but you're still um, identifying with that, which is entrapped within the matrix. So you're still going to be uh, vibrating. You're still going to be generating a frequency that's within the walls of the matrix in its various levels. When you self-identify with being this, this infinite spirit, this expression of all possibility, this um, uh, free, um, literal free spirit that um, can manifest in any way it wants, all that, that level of, of, of uh, consciousness is way, way beyond this matrix in all its forms. And therefore, by self-identifying with that, this is the true I, you connect with that. That self-identity with it sinks your frequency with it, and suddenly you um, 
you start to be inspired through insight, etc., by that level of awareness. And it's the same as being inside something, i.e. the matrix. What you see inside of it, the information that you uh, that is fed to you from inside of it dictates your perception of reality. But when you are accessing um, levels of awareness that are way beyond that matrix, you start to see what's around you in a completely different way. You start to see the deceit. You start to see that actually um, everything's connected and everything is not apart from everything else as we perceive it to be. And it's, it's uh, similar. You could, uh, you could um, symbolize it like this. Um, you're, you're, you're standing um, and looking at very close range at something. You, you're not aware of what it is, but it's just a bit of a blur, but you're just looking at it. And you say, well, what's that? And you go, I don't know, really. It's this, this reddish color. I've got that, but it's all kind of blurred. And it, I don't know. I say, so take a step back. Ah, it's a bloody wall. I was looking at bricks at close range. Oh, yeah, right. Now take another step back. Oh, the bricks are part of a house. Another step. Oh, the house is part of a street. A lot of steps back. Ah, it's part of a town. And suddenly the context of what you were looking at to start with, what's this? I don't understand it. Suddenly you go, oh, I see it now. Why? Because you have a panorama of view of what you formerly had nothing but a close range uh, sight of that made no sense to you. And in the same way, you know, you're in this kind of matrix and all these things are happening and people are interacting with you and events are happening. And, and they seem random and they seem unconnected. And we talk about good luck and bad luck and all this stuff. But when you, when you expand your awareness beyond the walls of the matrix, so it's no longer totally dictating your perception of reality, you go, oh, my God, I can see it now. And you realize that it's a trap. It's a virtual reality trap being fed to our consciousness to make us believe we're somewhere that we're not. We will be right back after this message. Hi, this is Captain John Marshall from Sunside.com. Tired of living on Earth? Then come join one of our many off-world colonies that are now ready for families and single applicants. Here at Sunside, We've invested over 25 years into space exploration and colonization. Our terraforming fleet has opened up unimaginable new and exciting opportunities for all spacefaring pilgrims. Use the promo code SLICKPODCAST21 to get an out-of-this-world 5% discount on our compulsory off-world training schedule. Sunside.com. Out of this world and on to the next. So a trap to stop the natural progressive nature 
of the soul rather than a soul trap, a deliberate diversion away from our potential as a species. This, I admit, would tend to change the dynamics of how one would awaken to bigger things such as injustice and truth, or if totally hooked, blind and sinkered, blind, unquestioned submission. Is that a fair assessment, do you think? If you look at, if you look at um, you know, the things you just talked about, I've been saying for decades in the books that the foundation of human control, which what I call this global cult is in, involved in, and AI is the end game of it, it is to so focus attention of the target population in the five senses that we become disconnected from an influence of our expanded awareness. So, like I said, if you if expanded awareness is a higher, far higher frequency than uh, ignorance, manipulated ignorance, which is what this world is all about. It's what the education system is all about. It's not an education system at all. It's what the media is all about. It's selling ignorance to the population and diverting them from the truth and inverting the truth. So once the five senses fall for that, um, they will be uh, what I call the body-mind level of us. That will be vibrating at a very low frequency. Whereas our expanded awareness is vibrating at a very high frequency. So obviously, if you just take the analogy of radio stations on the dial, um, they're on completely different wavelengths. So they're not going to talk to each other. This is how we become disconnected and focused in the five senses. Um, and so anything that can lower the vibration of the body and the body mind um, achieves that end. So beliefs, as I've talked about, are energetic frequency phenomena. So if you can, if you can be pulled into fear, classic low vibrational state, that's why people say when they're in a state of fear or depression, they say, oh, I feel so heavy today. It's because their, their, their body and mind are vibrating so slowly because of their perceptual state that it feels heavy. It feels dense because energetically it is. And when people feel joy and, and love, they, they say, oh, I feel so light today because they're higher frequency states. So the last thing for a start that this... Um, this cult, this manipulative force wants is people in states of um, happiness, lack of fear, love, joy. They don't want these things. They want you in a low vibrational state and they structure the world to keep you there. But never, you know, uh, uh, never more obviously than today with all the things that are going on, being made to go on, not acting naturally, made, made to go on. Um, and in terms of... Um, the, the food that you and, and, and the drink that you consume, well, the more they can um, pollute that in their various ways with chemicals and, and other ways, the more they are the food you're consuming and the things you're drinking are low vibrational phenomena. So when you're introducing low vibrational phenomena into your Low, your, your body, which is a, a, a frequency phenomenon also, then you're going to lower its frequency. But the, the, the biggest key to this um, control of our frequency, thus 
entrapment of our perception is what I call the field. Um, the five senses um, decode reality so that, uh, I mean, you know, our visual reality is so tiny, it's insane, laughable, pathetic. It's what's called visible light. The band that we can see and perceive as a visual reality is so tiny, it's laughable. Um, and so what they are um, seeking to do is to um, put us in a, a low vibrational state within this very narrow band of human sight and to hold us there. But because of this band of frequency that the five senses can visually perceive is so narrow, all it can see is the frequency of what we call form, the frequency of the body, the frequency of a computer, a wall, a washing machine, things. What we call forms is what the five senses can see. Can't see anything beyond that. And therefore, the five senses are telling us that everything is apart from everything else with empty space in between. It's not, but that's what the five senses uh, perceive and thus we believe in. But actually, if you could see deeper into the, the visual field beyond what we call visible light, and some psychic people can, but, but it's not the norm, then you would see that actually there's no empty space between the forms that you perceive. They are um, part of what you could uh, very accurately um, symbolize as a Wi-Fi field. It's a field of energy consciousness that connects everything. It connects me to you. It connects this uh, this uh, computer before me, to me, it connects everything to everything else. And I call it the field. Now, if you want to affect all the fish and all the sea life at the same time, well, you're going to have a hell of a job affecting every fish and whatever you by targeting every fish individually. You're not going to be able to do it, but you don't have to. If you want to target all the fish at the same time, you target the sea that they're swimming in because they're interacting with that all the time. And what the state of the sea becomes the state of the fish. So we have this field of energy consciousness that we are all interacting with all the time. And the big target of this cult is this field to um, lower its vibrational state so that the target population um, on the energetic field, the electromagnetic field level of themselves is interacting with a low vibrational state. And unless you have a, a high vibrational state being generated from within you by your connection to higher levels of awareness, what that low vibrational C Wi-Fi is going to do is lower your vibrational state. And now we can start to understand there are many other ways they do it, 
but we can now start to understand what, what 5G is really about and 6G and 7G that they're uh, planning to roll out and all the electromagnetic uh, technologically produced radiation that is millions of times greater today than when I was born in 1952. They're targeting the field uh, and, and the more that they can uh, manipulate us to generate low vibrational emotion and low vibrational thought, we are feeding into the field. We are feeding into, our, into the field and lowering its vibration by the, fact, by the way that we uh, feel and think and act. And so it becomes a self-perpetuating thing. And this is why the, uh, the answer is for us to reverse that. It's not about getting angry and getting uh, hateful and all these things in our reaction to what's going on. It's moving into a high vibrational state where you, um, you're not uh, just letting it happen. I mean, I'm, the, probably the, I'm one of the last people on earth that's just let it happen. But you don't let it pull you in when you're, you're exposing it. And when you're living your life to those low vibrational states, which means you are feeding what you are challenging. It's 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 our perceptual state that has been brought into this low vibrational uh, way that has caused the problem and entrapped us. And it's the high vibrational state that will get us out of it. So uh, in the end, it's all about perception and it's all about the energy frequency that's generated by whatever state of perception you're in and they know this you see we, we live in two worlds we think we live in one but we live in two there's the world of the population and then there's the world of this cult and the difference between the two is knowledge they have a this cult is a global secret society network with a globally central mission control orchestrating what i call the spider and why are these secret societies secret to to keep secrets well who from the population so what's happening is and i'm talking the inner core of the secret society network not you know bill and joe down the freemasonry lodge um the inner core of the 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 the, the cult the secret society network they are passing on through the generations the detailed, deep knowledge of this reality and how it works and how humans are interacting with it and being affected by it, how perception becomes our re experience reality. That's being passed on through the secret society network, whereas the, the general population are, are put through from the earliest age an education system which was created by the cult, not to educate, but to keep people in ignorance. That's why J.D. Rockefeller, the, the, the oil tycoon, uh, talked about um, the, um, the education system that he fundamentally helped to create in America. Uh, that uh, He and his colleagues, they, they weren't looking to educate people. They were basically looking for slaves to their system. And 
And then you've got the media, which is which is which is doing the same. It's keeping the population in ignorance. And overwhelmingly, and I've worked in journalism for a long time, the uh, the people who are keeping the people in ignorance are themselves freaking ignorant, even though they call themselves journalists. They are ignorant of the fact that they're doing it because they believe not all of them, of course, but great numbers of them actually believe what um, they're telling people is the truth when it's not. Uh, and and what, 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 what is your truth, Mr. Journalist? Well, whatever authority says, exactly. Um, and, and, and so you've got two levels of knowledge. The population's level of knowledge is systematically to suppress knowledge and awareness. And the cult's um, level of knowledge, which is to um, perpetuate through the generations the awareness of how it all works. And, and so um, they have so created a chasm of understanding between themselves and the population that when people come along like me and say to people, this is how they're doing it, the population just go, oh, you are insane, man. That's not possible. No, you don't think it's possible that is the that's not the same as it not being possible and and what i've found um very encouraging uh in the last two years particularly the last year or so is the number of people who've not only sussed the covid is a scam but they've opened their minds to actually how deep does this rabbit hole really go and they're, they're opening their minds to uh, possibilities of what's behind all this and how it's done that they never would have before. There's been a great awakening as a result of COVID, as well as among enormous numbers of people also, um, a greater sleeping that has taken people even deeper into the coma. From a professional footballer to sports presenter on television, the journey could have been easier for you if you just stayed put behind that sports desk, collecting a decent salary and holding on to that rung of the ladder but you didn't. Instead, you let go and chose the very difficult path you're on today. Why is that? Well, first of all, if I'd have stayed in television, I would have died of boredom and it wouldn't have taken long. Um, you know, uh, it, the media is such a vacuous profession, really. Um, it doesn't look outward. It looks inward. And I'd reached the point when I was working for the BBC and I was presenting sports programmes that I would do all my preparation at home on the Isle of Wight here. Um, I would write the scripts and everything when there were scripts, most of it was ad lib. Um, and, and then I would um, go up on the day uh, to present the program. And um, I would have a taxi um, with the engine running outside of television center in London uh, when the closing titles were being played of the program. And I would be at Waterloo Station uh, on a train home before the rest of the crew were in the BBC bar um, because I really couldn't stand it anymore. I enjoyed, I enjoyed presenting programmes, I did. But all that went with it and all the personalities and all the attitudes, no, no, no thanks. So whether this happened to me or whether it didn't, I wouldn't have continued with that because um, I'd I, I re really had enough of it. But... I really wasn't a choice. I mean, when I look back at my life, and funnily enough, the first three chapters of um, The Trap, 
are biographical um, to not only, you know, talk about how this came about for me, but also to explain where the information comes from that I've been communicating all these years. And, uh, you know, when I, when I look at it, when I look at my life, um, it was, it was moving towards where it went almost from the moment. Well, definitely from the moment I was born. Uh, and, um, so many things happened to me pre awakening, uh, in 1990. Well, started the awakening. We're always awakening rather than being awake. Um, because there's so much to know, but, um, the things that happened to me before 1990, when it became conscious that something was going on and I was being pushed in a certain direction were all things that needed to happen to put me in a position where I could do what I've done most efficiently and with most understanding. And, um, I, I didn't realize that until, well, just before the, you know, my head blew off, I started to look back at my life and think, you know, I work hard and I'm very determined and I'm, uh, I don't give up, but things that have happened to me and the so-called lucky breaks that I've had just when I need them. Um, and the amazing kind of way that I've been guided through the maze. Um, that's not just me. That, I, I concluded that around 1989. That's not just me. There's something else going on. And I didn't know what it was. And then after 1990, it started to, to unfold. For instance, I, I got in, interested in, uh, in environmental campaigning, you know, not, you know, human caused climate change, not great uh, hoax, but um, pollution and uh, the destruction of the environment. Uh, I got in interested in that and, uh, in the 1980s and I um, had worked with some campaigning groups and then I thought, well, no, we've, we've kind of got to get um, in, in, into the political arena and, and do it from there. And I, I, I joined the Green Party. It was called the Ecology Party before. And I joined the Green Party um, and, 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 and I contacted them. And I said, I know you don't have a, a, a party on the Isle of Wight, but, um, you know, do you um, do you have any contacts here at all? And they said, oh, no, we have nothing on the Isle of Wight. Why don't you start a party, they said. So I thought, well, OK, well, let's give it a try. So I, I called some public meetings and we started a, a, um, a an Isle of Wight Green Party. And then... Um, Within a, a week or so, a couple of weeks maximum, we got a letter from uh, people in Winchester in Hampshire. And they said, oh, congratulations. Welcome to the um, southern region of the Green Party, right, which I'd never heard of. Um, and they said, we've got a meeting in two weeks in Winchester of the, um, the, the southern regional area Green Parties, right? So would you like to send a representative? So I went along. And, uh, you know, it was naval contemplating, uh, uh, really. Uh, and at the end, the lady said, um, well, um, our representative on National Party Council is stepping down today and we need a, a new representative. Uh, just will anyone put their name forward? And no one did. It was absolute silence. So I said, well, OK, well, I'll do it if you want. And so they had a vote 
and two people voted against me, even though I was um, <laughs> I was uh, the only candidate. Uh, and and I didn't really know what it meant. I said to the lady after I was now the the uh, the regional uh, representative on National Party Council, what does that mean? And she said, well, you, you go to the National Party meetings. And there was one about two weeks or so later uh, near Regent's Park. So I go to that. And you know, the weeks, the weeks are very few since I started the Green Party, right? Joined it. And I go to this uh, National Green Party meeting near Regent's Park. And they were naval contemplating at a higher level during the morning. Um, and then just before lunch, um, the, 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 the guy running it said, um, we need some national um, speakers, as they call them in those days, uh, for the party in the media. Not that meant much because the media you know, didn't report the Green Party virtually at all, you know. But uh, so um, if, if people could put their nominations forward uh, after lunch and we'll, we'll have a vote, right? So I'm having my lunch and a guy comes up to me. He said, you're on telly, aren't you? I said, yeah. He said, you'd be confident in front of a camera, wouldn't you? I said, well, I suppose so. He said, well, if, 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 I, if I propose you would, you, would you stand as a speak, so, uh, speaker for the Green Party? And I said, well, all right, and yeah, all right, I'll do that. Um, and so after lunch, um, you, you got the chance to speak for five minutes to say why, what, what, you know, what your attitude to it would be. And they had a vote, and I became a national spoke, speaker for the, for the Green Party. And I'd only been a member for weeks. It was ridiculous. And, and then um, in the year that followed that, uh, the Green Party had its uh, two million votes in the European elections. And suddenly I was a, a national politician for a short time before I realized the Green Party was just like every other party and uh, was not a, a means to change. It was a means to perpetuate what was already uh, here and make it worse. Uh, but, the, but what I thought at that time was, look, this is because I, I describe in the book. Uh, the trap, uh, other things that happened in my life before I, I had my awakening. And I, I thought, this is ridiculous money. This is this can't just be you that's making this happen. And uh, and and then I realized, like I say, that actually there was another force at work. And that's been guiding me ever since this last 32 years to 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 um, expose what's been going on. Last question before we wrap up, in my opinion, as a species, we should be so much more than we are today. So my question to you, David, is separating a personal wanting or personal prayers you may have from our current reality. Can you see a time when peace, honesty and common decency reign supreme? Can you see a time where we return to a more calm and natural state? You can look for solutions or you can do the thing that really changes anything, and that's removing the cause of the problem. And for me, you know, they talk about, oh, you can't change human nature, but the question is, what is human nature? What is the nature of human? And, you know, I have this analogy that a ball in a tank of water, its natural state is floating on the top. And the natural state of a human is... Um, expanded states of awareness. That's what we're supposed to have. It's supposed, we're supposed to be uh, um, fully uh, expanded consciousness, not oppressed, suppressed, uh, oppressed consciousness. So if you're going to put something in a 
unnatural state, like that ball in the tank of water, you have to push it to the bottom and you have to hold it there. And they hold it there by bombarding us uh, 24 seven with fake perceptions of reality through fake information, misinformation, ironically, um, that um, skews our sense of self, skews our behavior through skew, skewing our perception. And therefore, we don't really know the nature of human. We know the nature of manipulated human. And my uh, feeling, my instincts, uh, if you like, are that left to their own devices, humans are lovely. But that's the un, um, the unmanipulated human. That's the ball on the top of the, the tank in its natural state. Humans are in an unnatural state. And what we call awakening is simply awakening from the program. It's awakening from the um, suppression of our consciousness. And as we awaken, our consciousness expands and thus the impact of the suppression dilutes and dilutes and dilutes. And we become not only more enlightened people, we become very different people. We become kinder people, nicer people, more loving people. So I think the nature of the human, or not the human consciousness that's having an experience called human, um, left to its own devices is lovely. Uh, and, uh, but it, it's, it's, it's not left to its own devices. It's not left to be its natural state. It's been manipulated into an unnatural state. So if we can remove this um, suppression, this deceit, and that, which is behind it, which is dramatically few people and staggeringly few people, ultimately, then we'll see the true nature of human, which we, we, we haven't seen, seen except in some um, individuals um, uh, throughout known human history, really, because this goes back a very long time. Uh, and um, so uh, uh, like we started out, fun enough, as we conclude, the answer to this nightmare this gathering nightmare is so simple we um we understand that our um, true nature is being oppressed and suppressed and we expand our awareness to the point where we have literally an open mind we have a blank sheet of paper symbolically and we say nothing's going on this piece of paper my perceptions unless it earns its place. I'm not accepting a truth just because some scientist says so, probably just repeating what he has to repeat or he doesn't have a job, or what some doctor says so. They've been lying to us blatantly for two and a half years. Or what some politician says or some government representative. None of that is going to get on that paper unless it justifies itself by evidence. Uh, and... Um, I'm not going to cooperate with authority just because it's authority. They have to persuade me why I should cooperate with evidence, not, not orders, evidence. And when you go through that process, authority can't produce. It's still not, there's still not a scientific paper on planet Earth to show that COVID exists that SARS-CoV-2, the alleged virus, exists. 
are staggering but true. It's all assumption. Authority says it must be true. He's a doctor. He must know. No, he's a clone of a system and he will not be a doctor another day if he challenges that system and what it's telling him to tell everyone else. And the COVID era has shown that very clearly as proper doctors and proper scientists who've pointed out it makes no sense have lost their jobs. Nurses have lost their jobs. Um, People in all different areas have lost their jobs because they have spoken out. Um, uh, And those that have not spoken out, they are the clones of the system. Well, alleged doctor, not doctors in my uh, definition, then that doctor is on television because he's going to tell you what the authorities want you to believe. If he was a doctor telling you what he has shown evidentially to be the case at odds with what authority wants you to believe, that doctor would not be on television. Um, and and so you 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 take control of your perceptions back. I am going to believe what I have researched to be the truth, not what someone is telling me to believe without producing any evidence. And then you say to yourself, "Okay, what's the effect of what I'm being told to do here? Cubano, who benefits Who benefits from me believing or doing what I'm being told to believe and do? And almost every time, if not every time, when authority is telling you what to believe or do, it's for the benefit of authority gaining more power over your life. So when you see that connection, if I do this, I'm giving more power to that which is telling me to do it. COVID era, I rest my case then you simply don't do it. A relative handful cannot control 8 billion if the 8 billion will not cooperate with their own enslavement. So I have spent 32 years now exposing this cult and exposing its agenda. But don't let's point the finger in their direction alone because they've only been able to do it because the population has cooperated with what they want to do. We, we, humanity, are the reason we got into this mess. Not the cult. Oh, they've manipulated us into it, yes. But we've fallen for the manipulation. And it's the we that have created this. And that's great news, because the we can bring an end to it us at the top of the hour david and i've really appreciated the time you have given us today i could have asked you so much more but your time is definitely limited i'll add that when time allows you'd consider maybe coming back onto the show as you'd be very welcome sure before we wrap up though could you please tell my listeners where they can find you online your books blogs videos and any upcoming events that we should put on the fridge door well um you can get me at davidlight.com. That's the main hub. I've got the book, The Trap. Um, it's just coming off the, uh, it's come off the printers. It's just been printed. So it's going to be out very shortly. Um, uh, there's also our uh, media platform, our uh, unique media platform called Iconic, which is um, new shows um, every week, um, 
where, where we talk to people the mainstream wouldn't talk to. We cover issues the mainstream wouldn't talk to. I do one myself, it goes out every Saturday morning. Um, and, and of course, it's not just, you know, goes out and then disappears. It's, it's, it's on the platform from the time it goes out. My son Gareth does a great show called Right Now, goes out on the Friday uh, evening, um, at, uh, talking to people that the mainstream won't touch with a barge pole. Um, then um, there's, um, oh, we also have an iconic uh, full-length original documentaries on all these different subjects. I've uh, got a whole uh, series on iconic called uh, The Nature of Reality, um, looking at you know reality as it is rather than as we perceive it. Um, and I'm just about to make another film very shortly about the importance of the British Isles in all this. Um, and so, um, you know, there's, there's many uh, different, um, different ways and, and you know, all my videos are on davidite.com uh, and the, you can see them. And I, I do a, a video every week, um, uh, every Friday on a, a topical subject connected to all this. Um, so, um, you know, you just keep going and you keep putting the information out and what I've um, what I've found as I sit in these uh, this little this little room where I do all my work, um, you, you keep putting it out there, and um, suddenly uh, you see its effect. You know, you walk down the street, or you're walking in some field somewhere away from everybody, and suddenly people come up to you. Hello, you, you I watch your videos and all that stuff, and it's 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 an indication. The, the number of people that do that now, and not just in this country either, is an indication of how of how this 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 um, this awakening is actually real. And you know, I know people say, "I, I, I wish people were, were waking up quickly, not, not quicker. Not enough people are awake." And I, okay, that's true. Yes, because we're looking for a critical mass that brings the walls down. But it's me they're talking to. They should have been with me in 1990, 91, 92, 93, 94, 95, and so on. Um, right up to recent times, when you were, um, you were banging your head against a wall and seemingly getting nowhere. The number of people who are open to this information now is absolutely fantastic compared with what it was. And people stop you in the street and you have a conversation and they're saying, I think this is happening and I think that's happening. I think they're doing it because of this. And, and, and I say, you're right. That's exactly why they're doing it. Uh, so people are getting more and more informed and streetwise. So um, there's a lot of bad things going on, but there's a lot of good things going on too. David Icke, thank you. Thanks, mate. All the best. Bye.